You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Say, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. Yes, you might be going through some challenges, but when you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason to rejoice, there's reason to be happy. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to share a message with you today. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Amen. Faith is not for the possible. Faith is for the impossible. Faith is not for the possible. Faith is for the impossible. It's when ordinary, that's us, gets in contact with God and what God is doing that we see the extraordinary. It's when the natural us connects with the super who is God that you see the supernatural. Amen? Have you ever heard about people doing unusual things? When you read the Word of God, you're put in contact with the supernatural. You're put in contact with miracles. Unusual things happening in the Word of God. Things that does not normally make sense for the mind of man. In the book of Jeremiah 12, verse 5, it says, If you have run with a footman and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? Have you read that scripture? If you've run with the footmen, the normal soldiers, and they've made you tired, how will you be able to run with horses? Now that's impossible. Anybody here, you want to race against a horse? No. These things are only possible in the spirit, but yet it's written here where God says, I want to quicken things in your life. I want to hasten things in your life. I want to do something extraordinary. You can run with horses. I've got one amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) One horse runner here. One person that says, I'm ready to run with the horses. Let me see your hand. Are you ready to run with horses? Run with horses. Just think about it for one minute. God says, I want to hasten things. It says, if in the land of peace you were made tired, in the land of peace when everything was calm, you got tired, what will you do when the floodplains of the Jordan come? It says, here where everything is now calm, you're getting tired. What are you going to do when God really starts pouring out his blessing? And he is blessing you to be a blessing. Turn to the person next you say, it's time to change your mindset. The NASB, New American Standard Bible, if you can get it, it's a wonderful translation. It says, if you have run with a footman and they've tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? I like it. God says, I'm going to quicken you. I'm going to strengthen you so that you can run with the horses. I'm probably going to give my age away, but I remember there was a story years ago on TV, the Iron Man, the guy that could run as fast as horses. 
That's what God wants to do in your life. Amen? Only God can do this. The way that God looks at you, the way that God sees you is different than what you see yourself. I mean, we passed the middle of this year. Many of us are tired and we know the pace is going to pick up now. Ephesians 3 verse 20, God says, even when we pray ordinary prayers, God is ready to do far more abundantly, exceedingly above whatever we can ask Him through the power working on the inside of us. So even when you are praying an ordinary prayer, God is ready to affect that prayer and do something extraordinary in your life. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? You know, when God looked at Jeremiah, he said to him, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I'd consecrated you. I'd called you to be a prophet. He said, when there was no substance, when nobody knew you, I looked at you and I saw that you were going to be a prophet. I had called you for extraordinary things. I've called you to run with horses. Turn to the person next to you, say, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Can I tell you something? God has planned good things for you before you were born. Before you were born, God had planned good things for you. You know what is one of the big things that keep us back in life? We keep ourselves back because we make excuses. We look at where we come from. We look at our family. Am I talking to the right people here? And we have all these excuses. And we want to remind God of who we are. Remember Moses did that? He wanted to remind God of who, but God made him. God says, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. You know, when you look at Gideon, Judges 6, verse 14, the NASB says, the Lord looked at him. I love that. The Lord looked at him. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is looking at you. You know, I think I'm going to preach a sermon in the future about the look of faith. Because God would tell Abraham, lift up your eyes and look. He would tell his disciples, lift up your eyes and see the harvest is ready. It's the look of faith. But when God is looking at you as well, he sees the beginning from the end. He sees the potential he's placed on the inside of you. He does not see the ordinary. He sees the extraordinary that he wants to do in your life. The super touching the natural and doing supernatural things in your life. Gideon said, the Lord looked at him and said, go in your strength and deliver Israel for the, from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Then here's Gideon's reply. And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. Turn to the person next to you and say, no more excuses. Turn to the person again and say, no more excuses. <laughs> I had a lot of excuses not to be a preacher. Not to preach, but God just looked beyond that. 
I had the same speech from grade 8 till grade 12 because I didn't like talking in front of people. Do you think God took that into consideration? <laughs> if he can use me, he can use all of you. Verse 16 says, But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Gideon is hiding. He says, My family is the least. Not only is my family the least, I'm the youngest. And he's got all these excuses, and God says, I'm going to be with you, and when I'm with you, you'll be a mighty man of valor. When God looked at him, at Gideon, he didn't see the youngest, he didn't see the least, he saw a mighty man of valor. God sees the extraordinary in you. When God looked at David, a shepherd boy, he saw in him a king. When God looked at Moses, a murderer, he saw in him a deliverer. When God looked at Hannah, a woman that was barren, he saw in her a great prophet. When God looked at Saul, a persecutor, he saw in him an apostle, a great apostle. When he looked at Esther, an orphan, he saw in her a queen. What is your excuse? Because when God is looking at you, we're looking at where we are coming from. I'm only a shepherd boy. I've messed up here. I'm the youngest. I'm the least. And God says, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing that you're a mighty man of valor, a woman that is called by God to do great things. Amen? The Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord is moving to and fro, looking for those that he can show himself strong on their behalf. Wants to manifest and do something extraordinary in you and through you. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things when they say, yes, Lord, use me. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, and I want to show you here is somebody who is a cup bearer. I mean, this is, don't think of this position where he's standing next to the king with a cup. He's actually the guy tasting the wine before the king drinks the wine to make sure it's not poisoned. He's the guinea pig. He's the guy that's going to die if there's something wrong in the food. Amen? You don't find more ordinary than that. Amen? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Just turn to the person next to you, say to them, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Now tell that person, get ready to be used by God. I mean, here is Nehemiah. I mean, there's nobody more ordinary that God used to do something extraordinary. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Can I tell you something? When God starts doing something extraordinary in your life, not everybody's going to be happy. Some people will be furious and say, 
Why is God using this person? Why is God manifesting his presence in this person's life? Why is he opening doors for this person? Why is he using him? He's a cupbearer. How can he be here? He got furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they worship God? Will they magnify God? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned? I mean, he's basically busy shaming them. Hmm. Have you tried to do something great for God and people are shaming you? Don't be surprised. Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Can I just say, people are never rubbish, amen? Sin is rubbish, but people are not, amen? People are not your problem, sin is the problem. Stones that are burnt, wow, I love that. Can I tell you something? The temple was built with burnt blocks. Anybody here, you've been burnt by life? Let me see your hand. If you've been burnt by life, you're still qualified to be built in and be part of the temple of God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. The way you're clapping, some of you have really been burnt, eh? <laughs> Let me tell you something, it's not an excuse. If life has burnt you, if life has dealt you a bad deal, it's not an excuse not to be built in and to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. I mean, here somebody is shaming them. And he says, we are going to rebuild. Can this be revived? Yes, it can be revived. We are here to rebuild. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Turn to the person on the other side and remind them, say, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It's ordinary people that built the temple. Amen. Go to verse 6 quickly. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work, to have an attitude to say, we are going to build, we are going to rebuild. This is the attitude of a kingdom builder, to say we're going to advance the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter 2 verse 4 that we are living stones being built in. Living stones being built in. Coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Build people up. That's the challenge. Living stones. When you see some people that have been burnt in life, see the potential in them. 
They can be built in and become part of this temple. Once they are touched by Christ, they've become a living stone. Amen? Are you ready to go look for some burnt blocks? I was encouraged when I thought, wow, the temple was built with burnt blocks. Who is there that's not been burnt by life's circumstances? We want to use those things that have burnt us as an excuse not to be built in. But God says it's no excuse. The temple was built with burnt blocks. Amen. Nehemiah shows us that ordinary people can be used to do extraordinary things. Amen. Are you ready for God to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Are you ready to do extraordinary things in this nation? We want to rebuild this nation. But we have to change our mindset because if we look at people and we think they are burnt, they cannot be used. If we listen to people that will come and shame us and say, how can you rebuild this? How can the burnt blocks be used? Come and say there's too much rubbish. I mean, that's a hard word in the Bible, amen? Hard word to use. Go to verse 10 quickly. It says, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Can I tell you something? The laborers, the strength of the laborers are failing. Do you know what's the first scripture that came to mind? Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Can I tell you what's the most dangerous rubble around us? Offense. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. It's the most dangerous rubble around us that will affect you and keep you back more than anything else. If you're not going to say amen, say now. <laughs> Who got offended this week? Just be honest. Be real. Luke 17 says offense will come to any, everybody. Everybody. So I don't need a prophetic word to know that it will come to you. I just need to read my Bible to know that offense will come to you. Offended people cannot do extraordinary things because bitterness causes trouble. When you are offended, you will defile and not build up. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says when there's a root of bitterness, you will defile. Can I tell you something? When you look at people, people that are burnt or people that have burnt you, and you are defiling your heart is snitching on you that you're offended. Hey, no. The Bible says this rubble, let's get it out of our lives. Because this is, this is the very thing that makes us weak. Because offense and bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, it makes you weak from the inside out. We need the grace of God to do extraordinary things. This is one of the very few scriptures in the Word of God that gives a warning, be careful lest you fall short of the grace of God. Why? Because if you don't show grace to forgive, 
How can grace be shown to you? We have to give grace because we need grace. We have to show grace because we need grace in our own lives. Offended people are never prepared to help. They will not carry the load with you because they are thinking about themselves. A brother offended is harder to win back than a strong city and contentions are like the bars of a castle. That's the Bible, Proverbs 18 verse 19. A brother offended is harder to win back than a strong city. You know what it says? It says it's easier for one man to go and take a city captive on his own than what it is to win back a brother that's offended because those walls just go up. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah, fine. Fine. Have you met people like that? <laughs> Offended people cannot build people up because they've closed themselves off. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A person that isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. When somebody isolates himself, they don't want to work with you. And we are better together. Here, Nehemiah and all the people had a mind to work together. Can I ask you the question, can you work with people to do extraordinary things? Or are you the only person that says, I'm going to do the extraordinary things? Because the body of Christ, we are linked to each other. We need each other. Look at verse 17. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. They worked. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need you like you need me. If we're going to change this nation, if we're going to change this community, I need your strengths like you need my strengths. Amen? Use your strength to strengthen the body of Christ. Then it's not one person doing something extraordinary, but it's the body of Christ doing something extraordinary. Then Jesus gets all the glory. Amen? They built the wall. They carried the burden. Are you prepared to carry some burdens? Can I have one amen? No, I want people to carry my burdens, my burdens. Jesus will carry your burden, but to have that mindset to say, we're going to do something extraordinary. Come and carry the burden together. Amen? That's when we start doing extraordinary things. To have that kind of a mindset. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Ordinary people coming and building the temple. Burned blocks being used to build the temple. Amen? Wow. I'm encouraged just by thinking upon that. Can I tell you something? Sometimes an ordinary smile can have a major impact on somebody's life just to give them hope in that day. Sometimes it's an ordinary hug that encourages some, somebody just to go on for that whole week. Oftentimes when we do things that seem ordinary in the natural, 
it has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. When the Holy Spirit affects what you are busy with, you'll start to see extraordinary change, extraordinary impact, and people's lives will start to change. Amen? You know, this week, there's one brother, I mean, <clears throat> things just went wrong very quickly one night. They had to admit him in hospital. The doctors expected the worst. But when prayer warriors just started to pray ordinary prayers, there were extraordinary results when the Holy Spirit affected it. And he's fine now. Amen. By the grace of God. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. You know, go ask the widow who gave the two cents. It seemed very ordinary to give those two cents. But when Jesus looked upon it, it had an extraordinary effect upon her life. Amen? So don't ever think the things that you are doing that seems very ordinary does not have an extraordinary effect because when the Holy Spirit affects it, it has an impact on people's lives. You just hugging somebody, being friendly towards somebody, praying for somebody, helping somebody. I'm telling you, you'll only know in heaven one day the impact that your obedience has had on people's lives. Inviting somebody to church, smiling, hugging, encouraging is what God has called us to do. Amen. We need kingdom builders, people with a mindset to say, I'm here to build people. Will you go out this week and just build up somebody? Go and encourage somebody? Go crack a smile towards somebody you've not cracked a smile towards in a long time. Amen. Is that a tough order? Go give them an extraordinary kind smile. Amen. You know, I'm going to start closing. Ephesians 2.10 says that God has predestined, predestined us for good works. Can I say God has predestined us for extraordinary works so that we should walk in them? It should be our attitude, our mindset, our heart to discover what are those things that God wants us to do. Not just ordinary things, but extraordinary works that God has called us to do. God has predestined you to do those things. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, say, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Can I see who's ready for extraordinary things? Amen. Sometimes it's just that ordinary step, that ordinary hug, that ordinary smile, that ordinary prayer, that ordinary two cents that the widow put in that has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Amen. In conclusion, I'm going to close with this. It is when the natural gets in contact with the super that we sue the supernatural. It's when the ordinary obeys or get connected to God that we see things that are unusual, extraordinary things that start to happen. Start to see yourself in a different light. When God looked at Moses, who was a murderer, he saw in him a deliverer. When he looked at Gideon, who saw himself as the least in his family, he saw a mighty man of valor. When he looked at Esther, an orphan, he saw in her a queen. When he looked at David, a shepherd boy, he saw in him a king. When he looked at Saul, a persecutor, he saw in him Apostle Paul. When God looks at you, 
He's not looking at the natural, what you are seeing and feeling, but he sees what he has called you to do. He said to Jeremiah, run with the horses. Run with the horses. That's something supernatural. That's something extraordinary. In the book of Amos, Amos 9.13, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. That's impossible. That's impossible in the natural. The one who is plowing, the one who is plowing is overtaking the one who is reaping. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to make this soil so fertile that you are plowing and sowing. The harvest is going to come up so quickly that you'll see that once the harvest, you're in with the plows again. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. The treader of grapes, the one who is sowing. The end result being produced. You think you're still busy with that. You, you, you're sowing the seed, then the harvest is there already. Are you ready for something extraordinary in your life to happen? It's when we rely on that divine nature, God's nature, God's ability to come and touch that which is ordinary, when we start to see extraordinary things happen. He said to Jeremiah, run with the horses. In the book of Hebrews 12, Jesus gives us instruction to run. He says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. Can I say, let's lay aside the rubble that ensnares us, the rubble that's slowing us down, the offenses, the unforgiveness, the bitterness. Let us lay it aside so that we can run. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. If you want to run with horses, it's God's conditions. Amen? He says, if you want to run for me and experience that running with horses, Lay aside every weight, lay aside the sin, these simple little things that ensnare you so quickly and keep you down, that causes it to be, makes it difficult for you to run. Lay it aside. Turn to the person next to you, say, lay it aside. Say that rubble, put it aside so that you can run for God like never before. Family, listen to me, it's time to run with the horses. It's time to run with the horses. It's time for the plowman to overtake the reapers. Amen? It's time for those who tread the grapes to overtake those that are sowing the seed. That is only possible in the spirit. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.